Hello, my enchanted listeners. My name is Samantha, and welcome to my witchy podcast, where each week I'm always asking the question, where's my witches at? On today's wonderful Friday episode, I actually have another guest who I think you guys are going to enjoy, and it is actually my nephew, Sam. So, how you doing, Sam? Not too bad. How are you? I am good. <laughs> you don't sound so upbeat right now. <laughs> I don't. No, you don't. No. Supposed to be excited. <laughs> hey. I I don't feel like I belong here, but well, um, you can go ahead and explain that. So you pretty much identify as an atheist, right? Uh, anti-theist is more just accurate. Okay. Um, you might have to explain that. I think that organized religion is an abomination to the human race and should be abolished. <laughs> I can I can almost agree with that if, you know, on the organized sense. But do you feel that way about, like, spirituality or is it just religion? No, it's just organized religion. I see. Does witchcraft fall into that, in your opinion? It can. Yeah. It can. I can see that. Um, there. There, there are subsets of people who congregate into large, you know, groups and they set down rules and regulations and they have dogma. That's organized religion. Okay. I can see that. that I think that's why what I do is I don't, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if I'm actually going to come out and ever say I'm a witch, but what I think what I do is more solo than anything. Like, I don't know. I mean, I make jokes about having a, a coven, but I don't know if I ever would be in a real one. But right. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I don't want to take this thing over completely. No, no. That's, that's the whole point. I, Rock and roll with it. I have discovered in my 50 years walking this earth that in order to have a conversation about something, the participants must agree in the beginning what they're talking about. And since we are talking about witches, let's talk about witches. We have, to, we have to come to an agreement on what is a witch to you and what is a witch to me so that we're not dancing around each other for the next hour trying to figure it out. Well, that's that's kind of the conundrum with me is you can you can go on this subject so many different paths. So what a witch to me is, I feel like it is a spirituality journey where I don't look at things the way that say an organized religion would. I look at things that are on a universal stance, like the universe, the earth, nature-based. And I do believe in the craft itself with working with herbs and crystals and um, affirmations and incantations and stuff like that. More of a, on a, I guess it would be more of a faith thing. That's, I guess that's where I'm at, but I'm still kind of on shaky ground with my own um, determination of it. So I posted uh, either this morning or yesterday on the Facebook thing saying, what made you first think you were a witch? Or what first made you believe you were a witch? And Amber was the only one to answer me last time I looked. And she said she doesn't consider herself a witch. But I listened to the podcast with her as your guest. And I disagree with her a lot. You know, it's funny because I got an email that said the same thing about mine and Amber's podcast. It was more directed to me on, you know, it, it pretty much said, witch, witch, you're a witch. 
Um, in the most positive term, they said they were pretty much just quoting the Practical Magic movie. No, yeah, I, I got. You. But um, she went in to say because she is from um, the um, up, upstate New York, she went in to say that everything that I do is basically witchcraft. And for me, it's like, well, I, like me and Amber talked about, and me and you know Shelby talked about, is there's that always that voice in the back of your head that tells you you're wrong. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, and there's a lot of conditioning in there um, from media to uh, church to just family members. Yeah, we have we we have been raised on this notion that witches are negative, no matter what kind of light you try to shine on them, they're always negative. Yeah. Everything is always that wicked witch, the hag, the whatever you want to call it. That's what they focus on. Uh, people forget that Glinda was a witch, too, in The Wizard of Oz. There were there were multiple types of witches in The Wizard of Oz. Remember, Frank L. Baum knew. He knew that it wasn't all one side. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the dichotomy of splitting things down the middle like that is great for fiction. But the reality is so much more complicated because nobody is all good. Nobody is all bad. Everyone exists in the shades of gray between, right? So when you say you don't know if you're a witch, you're just being honest with yourself. Because you haven't completely defined what it means to be a witch, maybe. Right. And I, you're still working on it. I am. Possibly. Still working on it. And I forgive Amber for the same thing because, you know... <laughs> People, when, when, when you first have that thought, it's got to be, the, the n negative thought's got to come out. Yeah. You know, like, ooh, this is naughty. I'm feeling very witchy. I mean, I, I could just imagine that it's something like that. So I think we can both agree. Well, I hate saying, I shouldn't use words like that. I think that what I'm hearing you say is that being a witch is doing those things which you feel are witchy. Yeah. Even if somebody else agrees or disagrees. Yeah. Yeah. I can, so it's an internal, it's an internal singular thing, right? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, you know, and everybody knows I'll light my candles and I will write my, what whatever I'm writing on a piece of paper, I've burned it in ashes. I even, you know, just recently, sent one of my little spell bottles or witches bottles or however, you know, people want to call them. I sent one of, you know, gave one of those back to the universe and within fire because I didn't need it anymore. You know, it, to me, it served its purpose and I gave it back and I gave it back with my whole heart and soul. And I didn't take, <laughs> I didn't take it lightly. Like I didn't just, you know, make a joke out of it. You know, I gave it back and it's one of those things where even doing that, I had the thought in my head, why do I feel stupid doing this when I feel so connected doing it at the same freaking time? And th that's just the problem sometimes I run into. <laughs> those internal feelings, I am no stranger to those feeling like you, what you're doing makes perfect sense to you, but you're always a little bit worried about how it will be received when people see it, know it. Yeah. 
and I did it in front of everybody that was around me at that that time. And I, I didn't even care. You know, I did it. I said what I was going to say and I gave it back. And there was some explanation, you know, from a couple of people. They're like, okay, well, why did you give it back? Well, I explained because what I, what intentions I had this device for had been served. For me, it wasn't fair to keep it. <laughs> so that's how I looked at it. <laughs> if it needs something extra later, I can always do another one with a whole different set of intentions. And you know, and then I think that and I say that confidently, but then in the back of my mind, subconsciously, I'm like, am I even on the same realm of things that I want myself to be on? I, and and I struggle with that. And I think I struggle with that because of what organized religion, Christianity has done to me throughout the years. I am literally traumatized by what I have gone through. And that's sad to say, but it's the damn truth. I'm literally wounded by it. <laughs> Organized religion has toxified just about everything that makes us human. And it's, it is a disgusting thing that we live in a place, when I'm, I'm referring to the United States, specifically in our state, where, you know, you can go to any town with more than 300 people, and I guarantee you that the churches will outnumber any other building except for homes in that town. Yeah, I I agree everywhere you go. Yeah, <laughs> and every one of those churches says the exact same thing, except they'll omit one word, they'll add one word, they'll take away instruments, they'll put in instruments that they'll have something that makes their take on it more realistic than everyone else's. Cherry picking, I've always called it and cherry picking. I call it disgusting. Well, it is. It is that people will allow themselves to be left in the darkness and the ignorance of things like that. But the Age of Enlightenment came and went, and I believe we are on the cusp of another one. People who identify as Christian is dropping. Yeah. Yay, team. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm very, very callous when it comes to religion, and I'm very, I, I, I just am, so... I should probably come with a trigger warning. I think I've said that to you before. Yeah. I, I will I will say things that I believe wholeheartedly and uh they don't uh, they don't play very well in polite company. Well, what exactly, you know, I mean everybody knows mine, but what exactly turned you against religion? <sighs> How far back do you want me to go? As far back as you need to. <laughs> All right. So you you knew my grandmother. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mamma was a devout Christian who never went to church. Uh, she believed that she belonged to a church that wasn't close by. And in her mind, it was better to just not go to a church than to go and pretend like she was part of their religion. But she was the kindest, sweetest, most forgiving human being I have ever encountered in my life. If anyone had the embodiment of what Christianity is supposed to be. I can't think of a better candidate than her. Yeah. She um, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. For starters, we didn't go to church on Sundays in this house. And that that didn't affect me. Even though I literally lived five houses down from a church at the end of our street. Yeah. 
but they're Baptists. It's a Baptist church at the end of the street. And she was not about that at all. Anyway, when I was, I'm guessing here, I'm going to say 10, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that range, a Baptist church group came through our neighborhood and was knocking on every door and offered to send a bus to pick up the kids and take them to church on Sundays. And my buddy signed up to go, so I signed up to go because he did. The next Sunday, the bus came up, picked us up, took us to church. The next Sunday after that, the bus showed up, picked us up, took us to church. The next Sunday, there was no bus. Next Sunday, there was no bus. And so I asked my dad, why isn't the bus coming? And he said, because you don't take money. I said, what does that mean? He goes, you're supposed to take money to pay the church. You give them money. I was like, you talking about the offering plate thing? He said, yes, the offering plate. He goes, you're not putting money in the offering plate. So they didn't come back to pick you up. See, and to me, that's terrible because it's true. It's 100% true. Now, from my experience, you know, going to say church camp or whatever, that always came freely. But for a lot of people, that is the damn truth. And I always hated it in church when they would pass it around. Now, as a kid, I, I didn't pay much attention to it. But as an adult and becoming an adult, when it was passed around, it was almost a, a horrible obligation. And if you didn't put anything in it, you almost got sneered at. Well, and that's something I didn't realize until I was much older. You know, dad telling me that was one thing. But then when I'm much older, I realized the only way they know that I didn't put anything in that plate is because they were watching. Yeah. They were watching. And that's <laughs> terrible. It, it's it's terrible that that is what, you know, that, you know, the, that Christianity and probably other religions. I'm not sure. I can only speak on Christianity because that's the one that I know that it's terrible that that is what is expected of people. And right. I don't really give two shits about what the Bible says about tithing because I don't feel like it is. Um, something that you are pressed, you should be pressed to do. Give it if you can, give it if you feel led to, but you don't have to. It shouldn't be something forced. And that has always set wrong with me. And I remember my dad, your grandpa, there was a, a very, very specific instance in my life where there was this old man and He was kind of an alcoholic and he lived by himself and he didn't have very much and he was trying to clean himself up. And and I remember this old man very, very specifically. He came to the church that dad was attending and a part of and asked for help. And the pastor of that church turned that man down and it really made dad mad. And dad was like, why are we turning him away And he said, well, he's an alcoholic. He's known around this town. He's not a part of this congregation. And we need to give to our congregation. Well, that made dad mad. It made him so mad that he walked out of that church. I remember him grabbing my arm, you know, like get in the car. And he went to the grocery store and bought it. Well, first we went home and dad got in his own closet and got a bunch of clothes, like older clothes that he wasn't really wearing, then went to the grocery store, bought some groceries. And we didn't have a whole lot of money when I was a kid. We were broke. Yeah. But 
Dad went and did that and then went to that old man's house and said, look, he said, I'm sorry that they turned you down. He said, but here's some, here's some clothes, you know, because that old man kind of wore the same old thing all the time. He was always kind of walking around town a little bit, but he's like, here's some clothes. He said, you know, here's, here's some food. And he said, I can help you out with this, but you have to help yourself. That old man offered to come mow our lawn. He would, you know, try, he tried to work for what my dad gave him. And I remembered dad looking at me and he said, do not ever, you know, turn away from somebody in need. He said, but you have to determine the actual need. Dad had seen this guy trying to get work around town, trying to clean himself up, trying to better himself. And dad seen that more as, you know, an act of, you know, hey, I'm trying, but you can't try sometimes and fail when there's nobody there to give you a hand. The man wasn't asking for money. He asked if there was any any groceries that were in the church that he could have. Just, you know, and that taught me something that churches, why would they do that? Why would they turn somebody away? So I think that that sour taste in my mouth began at a very early age. And that was pretty much when it. I think it happened, if I could pinpoint it. And dad taught me, you know, because I asked him about tithing and he said, I just did. He said, I gave yeah. to somebody something I didn't have, but I made work. I gave to somebody. He goes, I would rather have given what little I had to that man than to give it to the church so they can put in a new pew. And that was his exact freaking words. And it taught me something. Yeah. Oh, it whatever it is. They do. And it also made me kind of start rebelling against church in a way. And I just, I don't understand the money aspect of it. I, I get it. It's a donate if you can, but what are we donating to, to turn the needy away? (laughs) I mean, that's, that's where I look at it. If I give you 10% of my income, you better be helping people who were very unfortunate, but you're not. You're helping yourself, and yes. I don't like that. That's to me, that's yeah. not Christian. <laughs> so yeah, don't get me don't get me started, Sam. I'll very, start going very off. Little is. <laughs> so we had the incident there with the Baptist Church, and like I said, we were not attendees of church at all. Our Sundays were for family gatherings, for fishing trips, for you know the things that we wanted to do. The nail in the coffin came when I, my first year of high school, um, I was already very much, uh, outside the realm of, I, I was in the, I was in the part of my life where too much of the things that I knew about the Bible made no sense. And too much about what I see Christians do on a daily basis was opposite of what it seems like they should be doing. Like you just said, turning away that man. So that's exactly the sort of thing. But in high school, I had a friend who uh, was very, and I don't know how to put this delicately, he was a little homely, he was a little pudgy, um, he was very nerdy, he was, uh, he was outside the main social circles kind of friend. He had a girlfriend, picked up a girlfriend while he, we were in high school. Sweet girl, very nice girl, and I could not for the life of you tell me, tell you what church she was from, but her and her family were devout followers of something or other. And her and Sam ran around together for about, his name was Sam. Sorry, his name was Sam. I should not have said that out loud, but it was. Uh, Her and Sam ran around for a little while, two or three weeks. 
And then one day he knocked on my door pretty late and uh, he was just completely bummed out. And she had told him that she went to church and they did a big gather round pray and that God told them that he was not in God's plan for her and that she could not Ugh. interact with him anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> and ah, uh, I think the anti-theist in me was born yeah. in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I finally figured out that this is all horse crap. And I, I told him everything he needed to hear at that time. I don't know what he's gone on and done in his life. I haven't spoken to him or anything, but, but at the time I, I explained to him what I thought about religion and what I thought happened, which was, you know, the parents didn't want the girl to have a boyfriend. So they took her to church and told the preacher and the preacher did a big prayer yeah. and they lied to him. Yeah. All in they lied to. And, and it's sad <laughs> that there's, I used to think, for a long time that it was me, that this was all me. This was me being somehow defiant or me being stubborn or me not giving Christianity a chance. And I have gone to plenty of churches throughout my life and have found that a lot of them, especially the people in them are the same. So I, I had to come to a, a, a brick wall and actually what they would say a come to Jesus moment and actually define how I felt about Christianity and how I felt about the people that are claiming they're Christians. And I had to separate all of it. It was quartered in, in, a, in a sense. I've read the Bible. I've read it cover to cover. I lived it with my family and the Bible itself, it, I can separate that completely from the in, from the rest of the the quarters that I have. You, you've got the church that's always wanting money, and not they don't all want that, but that is a lot of them. And then you've got the people that are in them, and then you've got their their convoluted rules that they've cherry picked out of this Bible that they're not doing what this Bible says. You cannot preach love, 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 and then show hate, hate, hate. It doesn't work that way. And a, an intelligent human being has to see this. They have to see it. And they have to stand back. Even if they are Christian, they have to stand back and they have to say, no, wait, do I drink this fucking Kool-Aid or do I go off on my own and be my own type of Christian? Because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like your grandmother, she didn't go to church, but she read her Bible and she lived her life very Christian-esque. She didn't wrong people. She didn't do bad things to people. She wasn't mean to nobody. She didn't have hate in her heart. Why can't they all be that way? But it's that's not realistic. And religion makes money and drives politics that, these days. A lot of people may not understand where you and I are coming from. Because where we're from, being a Christian is the default. Like there, it is the default to be a Protestant Christian. And the, I didn't really know Catholicism outside of movies until I was much older and realized that there there's Catholic churches all over the the South and the Midwest, right. just like there are everywhere else. But 
you know, we didn't we, we didn't encounter them. You know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't like I could point out a Catholic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't know the difference. Catholics are a breed of their own. Though. So, but it is. It, and the other default that really made me start wondering, and this was even before the Sam incident, was that it's default to be Christian. And inside of that being Christian is that you are the minority and you are persecuted, even though we are far outnumbered by Christians here than we are anything else. I mean, that, that's a pretty obvious falsehood to cling on to. You know what I'm saying? That persecution, because, you know, not everyone. I mean, how many times had someone knocked on your door in your lifetime and said, do you know Jesus? I had a nickel. Exactly. And they assume that you don't, which is complete BS because they know you do. They know you grew up in some kind of church or another. Yeah, it's the damn South. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. They know the truth. They know it. But they have to come from in a position of authority, so they have to come at you that direction. And what kills me is there's been so many times in my lifetime it was the same group of people. They'd come every week. Yeah. And... It was either, okay, shut them up, listen to what they have to say, or slam the damn door. I find it very hilarious that the last time that you and Brandon were here and we were doing music here in my living room, that Baptist preacher knocked on my door. He did. He totally did. <laughs> I had forgotten all about that yeah. until just now. That's how prevalent it is, folks. Yes. It just happens. <laughs> but see, and that's what I was saying about Amber. She came from a very religious culture down here she moves cult she sure yeah cult <laughs> yes sorry she moves to the northeast and gets more and that surprised me because from what i've always understood that you know the northeast it's it's pretty i mean there's a lot of christians of course it, it's the dominating religion in the united states but there are large pagan communities in the northeast you know i didn't think it would be so hardcore that she'd kind of keep her mild as she'd like to put it lukewarm christian ways and <laughs> and just live her life in michigan i did not expect her to go up there and in a short time come back like the branch davidian <laughs> i mean i figured she's gonna get branch davidian here not up there but she did. After that podcast, I told her she was my hero. Uh, <laughs> that is absolutely hero stuff right there. Being able to to fall into what she fell into and get out. Mm -hmm. She's my hero for that. Yeah. She um she Because many people don't. No, they don't. They they, they absolutely don't. don't. And you know, I have so much family who are who are Christian and I can split them straight down the middle. The ones that I would want to spend time with and I'm comfortable spending time with and the ones I just don't want in my life at all. And yep. I can do that with, with people. Like I don't mind people's religion. I, I don't disrespect what you believe in. I'm not wired to judge you. I just don't want the judgment on me. And it's, to me, it's not fair, and it, it strikes an anger bone in me that just vibrates to a point where I'm wanting to throw bows at people. <laughs> and it shouldn't make me that mad, but I have been scorned. I have been literally drugged down an aisle to an altar, forced to put my hands up in the air and repent my what were called sins and 
get anointed with oil. I mean, they basically sacrificed me right there. They did everything but cut off my head and bleed me. I mean, that's how I look at it. And that's sad to look at it that way, but that is what it is. But I have been drawn to the way of life that I am now. And I I have to think, did I, did I do this, go this direction out of spite? Or am I doing it from the pure you know, instincts that I feel I'm led to. And that's, that's what I'm struggling with. And I'm getting more and more to the point to where I'm not struggling with it. So more, I'm getting more comfortable with who I am in my own spirituality every day that this goes on. And like I was saying in my last, you know, interview with Shelby is I wished I would have been more proactive about it in my twenties, but it is what it is. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Well, I was going to ask, what what is your view on witchcraft? Because you you like Ooh. you like um, I don't know I don't know the right term to put it, but you you like mystical things, not necessarily say you know realistic mystical things. So uh, the other day, Brandon and I were having a conversation, and I said to him, "Nobody wants this stuff to be true more than I do." Uh, we were talking about something a little different than mysticism, but it's it holds the same. I'm the person who wants this stuff to be true, right? I, I truly want this stuff to be true, but I am also a disciple of James Randi. I don't know if you're aware of James Randi. I am not aware of James Randi. James Randi is a skeptic who, back in the 70s, offered a $100,000 reward for anyone who could prove that they had paranormal powers. Oh, okay. He would take people on TV shows and make them look like idiots because they really couldn't do the things they claimed they could do. Right. In the 70s, it was really, really big to go on a TV show and move a pencil with your hands or, <laughs> you know, do those kinds of things. James Randi would put you on a stage in front of people and in front of a live audience, and then he would put a fish tank on top of the pencil and be like, move it. <laughs> wow <laughs> so whatever little telekinetics you thought you had <laughs> what that that little that little slight you know breath that you were pushing on the pencil with isn't going to work when there's a fish tank sitting on top of it um so skepticism is my default position i do i do not believe what you're saying is true until it can be demonstrated to me um so I guess if there was something as close to a religion as you could put me in, it would be skepticism. That's where I start. I always assume that what you're saying is not true until I can witness it with my own eyes and can scientifically and empirically prove that it is true. Right. And see, and I'm not out here claiming I can move things. <laughs> <laughs> But I do believe in signs and I do believe in, you know, certain types of things in the universe that might give you, quote unquote, a, a message or an inkling of something like a, a gut feeling. Also, I, I believe in those and I have proven to myself, you know, and it, it to me, it doesn't matter you know, like who believes me, but I've proven to myself that I've listened to my gut several times and it, it has possibly saved my life and whoever's life I was in the car with because it was avoiding a wreck or whatever. 
And I just, I believe in those things. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I don't believe in coincidences. I used to believe in coincidences until I started thinking differently. That's the second time I've heard that on your show. I don't remember who said it. I, I have listened to all the shows and somebody else said that they do not believe would, in coincidences. And I wrote that Shelby. down. She, her, her and I think because quite alike on some things. <laughs> And this this is this might be controversial. This might be a hot take. I don't know, but the same to me is my opinion. The same the same mindset that keeps good people sitting in those pews and believing that crap on Sundays is the same type of self deception that people can use to look at any event and go that can't be a coincidence. And I'm not saying that that's everything, because sometimes things are too strong to be a coincidence and there may not there may not have to be a paranormal explanation for it but i do believe in coincidences i absolutely believe that coincidences happen and i believe that our brains are wired in a way to make us feel like that's not possible when we see certain coincidences hmm. well see i years ago my idea of a coincidence is if i showed up at the party and somebody's wearing the same shirt as me <laughs> It's a, I, I could see where that would be a coincidence. Right. We both shop at freaking Walmart. It's all we got in the South. Walmart used to be Target and TGY. So. <laughs> I, think, I think I know where this conversation is going. And I'm ready <laughs> but when you haven't seen somebody in 20 years and you happen to tell a story about them and then you run into them in the damn store, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> Or if you grab the phone just before it rings because yes, you know it's about to ring. and I rain. do that quite often. And if I know that somebody's about to call me, that's one thing. But if my phone hasn't rang all day and I get up to go do something, like cook or do dishes, there is a an, just an awesome chance that somebody is going to call me. Now, I don't look at those things as... A coincidence. I look at those just me preparing that this is how it always happens. But if I'm sitting there and I'm doing absolutely nothing and there's nothing going on and I literally almost hear my phone ring before it rings and I grab my phone knowing it's going to ring, <laughs> these things are not a coincidence. I had some sort of inkling right. that that phone was going to ring. And it's almost like I always know who it is. Who's going to be calling me before they call me? And that is something I cannot explain. Right. I, there, there's no scientific explanation for it. There's no nothing. I just can't explain it. It just happens to me often. I'm once again going to disagree with you. That's fine. I do think there is. A, I do think there's a scientific explanation. Okay, I'm I'm I, I'm all ears. I you know, I'm open. Do. Absolutely, do think that there's an explanation. Um, I am not a uh, physicist or a theoretical physicist. I am none of those things. I am a person who sits and reads on the internet and disgusting amount of time. <laughs> My <laughs> life is wasted away doing these things. But somebody said something, a theoretical physicist said something one time that really piqued my interest and got me digging into uh, something called string theory. And what he said was, is that everything vibrates. And that no pun intended, resonated with me. <laughs> um, everything vibrates. And when you get down to the molecular and even further down into the quantum levels of things, everything vibrates. Everything. Now, there are some truths. There are some absolute facts that are indisputable, such as you can quantumly entangle two things 
two molecules and put them thousands of miles apart. And you can turn one positive and then the other one will turn positive too. You can turn the other one negative, the other one will turn negative too. Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. <laughs> He's, okay. he, he said He famously said he does not believe in quantum entanglement because he does not believe that God plays dice with the universe. (laughs) Uh, But the point is, is that if you can quantumly entangle two things at a distance, right? Uh Like if you, you, you can make one, you can make something happen on the other side of the world by doing something on this side of the world that has no connection, no radio waves, no light waves, no radiation, none of those things. This is not disputable. This is not something that I just made up. It's not, you know, some crazy theory that some one scientist has. This is a proven quantum fact. This can happen. So if that's possible, what are the odds that if someone thinks, I need to call Sam, that somewhere in their brain and somewhere in your brain, there might be a particle that both turn at the same time. And just as they're getting ready to dial your number, you think, huh, I haven't heard from so-and-so in a while ring well then (laughs) still we're vibrating on the same level (laughs) it's still not a coincidence (laughs) well i i understand that it's not a coincidence but it's an explanation again this is not i'm not claiming to know this it's just an idea it's a hypothesis right right and that that's kind of the point like i've said before this podcast is I'm not trying to push one damn narrative here. Right. When when I decided to come up with this podcast, not only do I want to know where the fuck are my witches at, <laughs> I want to know where everybody's standing. You heard right. Shelby's episode. She does crystals and candles and intentions and all this yeah. beautiful stuff. And she says, <laughs> right. and she says, I'm not a witch. I don't identify with that. And and that's yeah. and and there, there's all these things that nobody can really explain you know, within ourselves and like Christians will say, Oh, well, God gave me the, God put it in my head or God did this. God did. Okay, fine. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's fine. How many times in my life have I heard somebody say, I have ESP. It must be a gift from God. Right. Well, I cannot, I'm telling you right now, people in my family who I will not name have been telling me that their entire life, my entire life. I've heard it so many times. Mine too. But Who's to say that on on the realm you're thinking of, you know, on your on the quantum level here, okay, our our strings are vibrating together, <laughs> you know? Right. Two things are happening here simultaneously that nobody can actually explain. So, you know, it's not God, it's not ESP, but it's something, you know, it's something we well, can't I mean, really it, grasp. You have to boil down. Go. This goes back to the, the first thing I said, that we need to identify what we're talking about so we don't talk around each other. ESP stands for extrasensory perception. Yes. Right? Yep. Well, that is a very broad term. Yes, it is. That has been boiled down to a stupid little ESP. Extrasensory just means that outside of your normal set of senses, you can know something. Right. Outside of your normal senses, you have an extra, an extra sensory perception. So while it is accurate, it's like the term UFO. They stopped using UFO because too many people use it for too many different things. It it has come to mean something different. The zeitgeist of of humanity has changed it into something else. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So do you you view ESP as the same as intuition? Would you view that in the same, say, the same boat? Can you give me an example of intuition? Because I want to make sure I'm on the same page. 
Well, it, it's almost kind of the same thing where for me, intuition is more not knowing when the phone's going to ring, but more like if I'm face to face with somebody I've never met, it's almost like I can tell they're not a good person or they're a great person. <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> so my intu- I was expecting this one to come up yeah, too. <laughs> my intuition tells me that I can either move forward, like if, if I start a new project, I either have an intuition this is not a good idea and I'm just going to stop it, or I my intuition tells me to go for it. And I'm okay with going for things and failing because I, I, you know, that, you know, that's, it's not a fear thing of not going for it. It's, I have a gut feeling that says, okay, doing this today is not a good idea. Would you put that on the same realm of, you know, ESP? Okay. So you did mention two very different things. And again, this is in my, my, my idea of of where I categorize things. You you mentioned two very different things. Okay. Um, The first one. The coming across a person and having an inkling of an idea that you two are not compatible in some way, shape, or form, or that you are compatible in some way, shape, or form, right? Right. Um, That boils back to everything vibrates. Uh, Again, pure opinion. But I have met people who I knew I would not get along with. I have met people like a, a friend of mine once described it. We were in a store. And he came over to me and he goes, dude, it just happened. I was like, what just happened? He goes, me and this guy walked past each other in the aisle and our auras bounced off of each other. We gave each other dirty looks and kept walking. (laughs) (laughs) So I, again, that goes back to the vibration thing. I believe that we all do vibrate and we live, our body is a harmony of vibrations. Right. You can tell the people who don't have a harmony of vibrations, they have trouble with coherent thought. They have they have trouble with motor skills, you know, and I'm not talking about people who have, you know, physical or mental disabilities. I'm talking about your average, your normal everyday person. You've met these people. Yeah. Like they they think in a zigzag that's not adding up to a reality that you can I, idealize with. Right. Uh, they are vibrating in a different frequency. Their, their, their vibrations go against each other, right? When, when you can sit and have a discourse, even with yourself, about the pros and cons of something, you know, that means that your vibrations are all going in the same direction. Uh-huh. So okay. if you meet somebody with an opposite or if you meet somebody with a chaotic vibration, I honestly believe, and I think I've said this out loud before, that that is what, you know, some people can probably see that. And then when they when you hear somebody say, oh, yeah, I have seen that aura, you've mentioned several times that uh, uh, someone had told you that you were on your fifth life. Uh Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's because they can see the vibration and they know what that means. Interesting. It's just a natural thing for them to just be able to see it. I don't think there's anything paranormal or metaphysical about that at all. I think that everyone is different and that we, 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 we emphasize our, our gifts of being able to see and understand things differently. Some people can focus on those and learn, oh, that person is new. That person's been around twice. That person's on their fifth life. That is an old soul. And I've met those people and they don't think they're being funny. No. 
they don't think there's anything wrong with the way that they see it. And they cannot explain it either. No. Have you ever noticed that? They can never explain how they know. Yeah. And they just do. And, and they'll matter of fact it straight out to you. And I've never asked the, any of the people that have exactly. told me that. I've never exactly. said, how do you know that? And right. here's the thing. What's odd until you've just mentioned this. I never thought to ask. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But the first it means one you were in shock. Well, That's what yeah. that means. <laughs> well, the first time it happened, I I literally thought, you know, cuckoo. <laughs> Second time it happened, and I have an eidetic memory, so I'm like, oh, well, about twelve years ago that happened, huh? <laughs> and then the third time it happens, it's like, okay, I'm listening. I'm on my fifth <laughs> life, and now I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> I don't know. The other one that you mentioned was like, you are thinking about doing something. You're thinking about starting a new project or you're going to go into some kind of business venture and you have an intuition about whether or not that's going to happen. Right. Or whether or not it's a good idea. Right. So the intuition on those things, I think they're very, I mean, they're the same, but they come from a different place. Um, And this is, again, this is one of those things where you, you won't hear top scientists talk about these kinds of things because they'll get run out of town really, really fast. (laughs) (laughs) But I have, I've had kind of an idea, kind of an inkling of an idea that uh, the, the whole multiverse thing has been real for most of my life. Okay. Uh, I, it comes from deja vu because deja vu is one of those things that it's, it's, it's one of two things. It's your brain playing a trick on you, or it is a real memory of something you never experienced. Uh, can you argue with that? No, because deja vu is something that I, it's for any person who is, a, a, and, and I'm saying this, and I'm probably going to get you know, hate mail for it, but any person who is yeah, level-headed, <laughs> I welcome it. Any person who is level-headed and open-minded, and they're not closed in a, a narrow tunnel thought can actually say they don't understand deja vu. They don't understand why it happens and they can, they can reach for why it happens and they can come up with explanations to, to their knowledge of why it happens, but they truly cannot explain it. And I cannot explain it. And I have deja vu and I have reverse deja vu. That's how I like to call it. Yep. And I, I have found out that reverse deja vu is quite well from reading countless hours on the freaking internet, trying to weed out all the freaking crap. <laughs> and there's a lot of it. Yeah. I can, it's, it's quite rare to have reverse deja vu where it's quite common to have deja vu. And right. I don't, I can't explain it. I can't explain that overwhelming feeling of weirdness that you have when you realize this has happened before. Like you could almost finish the sentence or you can almost say, oh, well, now you're going to reach over to your left and pick up that beer off that table. Or you can't explain that. That, That's a feeling. That's a, a weird realization that you're like stuck in. You're almost paralyzed in the thought of what the hell just freaking happened. So like I said, one of two things is happening. You either have a memory that's not yours 
or your brain is firing strangely in some way that we can't yet explain, right? right? I'm okay with both of those explanations. But the first one, a memory that's not yours, that is some very, very good evidence, I think, for the fact that we live a shared existence with many of ourselves across multiple universes. Having the exact same conversations? Possibly. You never know. Well, I... I mean, if if the multiverse is infinite, that means there is a there is a universe where everything happens and a universe where none of it happens simultaneously. Well, could that also be what's happening in my reverse deja vu, where I can stand there and know exactly everything that's think there, yet I ain't seen it before? For just half a second, imagine you have reverse deja vu, and countless million of you across the multiverse go, huh, that's never happened before. <laughs> See? <laughs> You're going to make my brain explode <laughs> thinking about this Again, shit. <laughs> I, want, I want to be completely open here. I don't know any of this crap. It's just bits and pieces of science that I have pieced together from you know a couple of decades of research and thinking, well, if this is real then why can't this happen if if two things can vibrate the same in such a way i mean think about a magnet you know you got the the two magnetic fields they either bounce off each other or they attract to each other right see somebody's aura that's negative or it touches your aura because i mean we have it you mean it, it again scientists aren't going to talk about it but we have an aura that comes out from us it is the vibration of our cells and our, our molecules that vibrates that that's true. That's not, that's not made up. That's true. And if yours, uh, what's the word, you know, clashes with somebody else's, then yeah, you're going to have a moment where like, Whoa, that that's, that person's not right. I got to get away from them. That's going to happen. Yeah. And I've met so many people like that. And a lot of people have kind of slammed me on it and they're like, Oh, well, you're just a bitch and you don't give people a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll accept that, but I still ain't going to give that person a chance, you know, because I'm feeling something. I, it, It's not that I see anything, but I feel it. I feel when somebody is just like, from the jump, they're going to be highly negative, you know, they're going to be an energy sucker. I don't even want them in my lives. And it's like I do that off the cuff. And people have said, you don't give people a chance, you're just that type of person. Well... If I gave every single person a freaking chance, I would probably be disappointed a lot, especially if everything my all my senses are going off going. This person is shit. And usually and I'm going to go ahead and be, you know, modest about this. Seven times out of ten, that person is shit. (laughs) You know, there are those chances and those times where I was wrong that this person wasn't like some horrible thing. But yet at the same time, I didn't take the time to get to know them very well enough to even know if they really were horrible or not. And they were short-lived in my life anyway. So, Look, I I have divided my life up into one person gets about 80% of my effort and attention. And the other 20% is divided up amongst the family I can get along with and the friends that I have. Yeah. And that has left room for two friends and a handful of family members. Yeah. Because there's not enough room in there for any drama. I leave no percentage for drama. 
Like if my child comes to me with drama, I got to deal with that. That's my child. If you come to me with drama, I got to deal with that because you're my aunt. If Christy comes to me with drama, I got to deal with it because it's Christy. It, outside of those people, those 10, 11, 12 people on that list, y'all can F off. I'm not here for your drama. You know, my drama is pretty fucking mild. I, mean, I got music drama. Your drama is hilarious. Your yeah. drama is hilarious. Is it, what is. it is. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, and here's the thing. I've got you and I've got my husband to vent to what my, you know, what, what my family, not, not, not the family I, I love and get along with, but the other right. side of the family comes at me with negativity and I'm fuming with like this anger and this just being pissed off and I got you and I've got Joe to say, Hey, what do I do? You know? And both of you think exactly like, so you're, you're both going to make some really shitty joke. That's, that's going to discredit what I, how I feel. Then you're going to make another joke. That's going to make me laugh and forget the first joke where you discredited how I feel. <laughs> And then you're going to let me talk about it. And then I'm going to feel better. And then we're going to go on with our lives. And that is perfectly fine with me. <laughs> I, I'm split down the middle. I wish that I had some of the drama that you have just because I would love to get a hold of those people. Sam, I would love, I would love to get a hold of them. It, it is, it is always in my best interest to, walk away and I always kind of throw a little stab in there when I don't react the way they want me to and they confront me on that and I always try to be like oh well I just turn the other cheek because that's what your bible says to do and then you're gonna get pissed off at me for doing it <laughs> but it takes a lot of effort a lot of effort because you know just as well as I do because we we are cut from the exact same genetic cloth we're ready yep. to fight, to fight <laughs> if yeah. somebody wants to step up. <laughs> and it's taken no, a lot of effort for me to walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't stand shit like that. But at the same time, I, I I'm in a in a position of growth where I can't stay angry at shit that I have to not oh, no. let my shit get in a no. No, because it affects everything. It affects your health. Yeah. It affects your uh, your well-being. Like, you can't, you, you know, it, it's it's hard enough to crawl out of bed without having to have other people's BS weighing down on you every second of every day. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be a thing that, and what's sad is in my life, I was subjected to it. And I had to realize that sometimes I subjected myself to it yeah and that was the big growth there it's like i don't have to be here i don't have to well, when you're to younger this. you feel like you're a part of it you feel like it belongs to you right and as you get older you start realizing oh this has nothing to do with me <laughs> right and you know when i when i started this this journey of I'm not Christian <laughs> and fighting Good first it. Step. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And it, and it's been a fight because it seems like that it's Christians that want to drag me back yep. into this hell that I have yep. painstakingly dug myself out of and telling them that telling, telling somebody that that's that I'm like, okay, I don't, 
agree with this. I don't disrespect you for the way you believe, but I don't agree with this. This is not for me. Telling somebody that is, it it just, it's like it triggers them in a way and they just want to fight and claw at me. And for me to actually realize I have the power over myself. I have my own power to get the fuck up and walk out the door. That took right. a lot for me to even realize because I felt like I had to sit and listen to their shit or part of me wanted to, that fight that I'd stick it around and wait for it. It felt disrespectful to not listen. Yes. There were those right? times where it did feel yeah. disrespectful to sit and not listen. And like I said, there probably was a part of me that was like, no, come on, bring it on, bring it on. I got yeah. you. We're going to go toe to toe. And then it, it just, it's a personal growth. And once I realized I have control over myself. I think that's when it started to begin. I didn't care anymore. I didn't, I didn't care what people thought. And that has, that has snowballed to a point, especially in, you know, my spirituality, it snowballed into a point where it's like, you either accept me for who I am or you don't accept me at all. But either way, it does not affect me. You can accept me and that's cool. You cannot accept me. And that is still cool. It's even cooler, but you know, and I'll just do my I, thing. I tolerate a few people because my love for them outweighs my irritation. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there's, there's, there's a few of them. Oh, am I, mean, am I in your handful? <laughs> what's that? Am I in your handful of people you tolerate? You're not, you're not, in, your, you're not in irritation. That's what, like you said earlier, we, we, we came, we, we kind of come from the same thing. Uh, we, we came from the same families and we, uh, we, we, we came out the other side with a, a lot of the same thought processes. Yeah. We may have gone about them in wildly different ways, but we came to the same conclusions. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll throw some people under the bus. Your sister, uh, the one who has yet to be named on this podcast, uh, irritates me to no end. Ah. Uh, sometimes. Um, but it, I love that woman so much that I cannot tear myself away from her. And I know that all she cares about is the best for me. And that's enough for me. My mother is the exact same way. That woman irritates me so much. I, I get angry and I, I, I scream into pillows about that woman so much, but I'm never going to let that relationship go. And I am going to be as diplomatic as I can, as much as I can. And I think we have both learned to dance around each other's buttons. <laughs> so we yeah. don't piss each other off. Yeah. But she's put in the effort. She puts in the effort. I put in the effort. Therefore, I have a great relationship with my mother. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? When, when we call, when we talk on the phone for hours or whatever it is, we talk about all the things that matter that do not go down those rabbit holes. We don't want to go down. Anymore. Yeah. And so it, it's easy to talk to her sometimes. Some mm -hmm. she, she gets me a little every once in a while. But again, when you're wrapped up in the dogma of your religion, the ability, I, and this, this is one of those things that you'll hear if you dig into the uh, debate circuit. And I got into that for a few years and it's a rabbit hole and a half of, uh, you know, of theists debating non-theists. 
right? Right. Uh, atheists versus Christians, atheists versus Muslims, atheists versus Jews, whatever, however, whichever ones they are. They're, they're, some of them are great. Some of them are rough. Um, but the thing that they always say is that the Bible does not allow for free thinking. Religion does not allow for th- for free thinking. As soon as, and they to them, being a free thinker is a negative. Yeah. As soon as you stop and start thinking for yourself, you have sinned, and it's it, it could be over. And and that's what kills me is because the Bible preaches free will. Free will, but not free thought. Right. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's that's the difference. That is the difference. It, it doesn't sound like a difference to you and me, but to them, it's a big difference. Yeah. And, and I've they're allowed to do anything as long as they don't think the wrong thing. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced it firsthand and it, it really, it really makes me angry, you know, to think about that, you know, I, where I thought, okay, this was just centralized to my, my experience, my family. And then later realizing and talking to other people that this is something that a lot of people have experienced. They have been damned or bastardized basically summoned to hell because they thought differently or because they went out and got answers on their own from a different source. I, it, it just, I, I've said before, maybe if I was raised Catholic, I would not have these scorned feelings, but I don't know, (laughs) you know, and I'm not going to (laughs) try. I'm over it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm over trying. Yeah. I've, I've given it the good college try and I'm done. Uh, you said you've read the Bible from cover to cover. I have. Uh, also, had it forced I, on me from I, cover to cover too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I've read the Bible at least four times, and I have gone through the uh, Hebrew Greek lexicon with the Bible once. Okay. To get the get some of the real words, you know what I'm saying, and get some of the real uh, meanings out of things. I, I came from and I, I came at this from a very negative stance. Like I I did this to arm myself versus religious people. I did this so that when somebody says something, I can go, oh yeah, but that's not what it says. Yeah. <laughs> or, right. You're misinterpreting that because this is what yeah. it said. Read anyway, the whole paragraph. The bad <laughs> yeah. Read the whole paragraph exactly. Um, there's nothing good in that book. Really, you don't feel that way? Cover to cover. And if you can read that Bible and tell me that that God has any qualities whatsoever that are positive or morally good, then you haven't read it. I like how you say that God, because that's important. I feel like that if I'm if I'm going to believe in a, a higher power or a divine source, I hate the fact that I can say God and everybody think I'm Christian. <laughs> I, I hate that because I, I feel that way. That yes. God is not my God. If I was to narrow down, you know, a, a, a divine source. Right. And I hate that it has become that, that I can say, you know, you know, I love God. And everybody's like, oh, you're such a good Christian. Mm, <laughs> nope. Wait. Nope. Pump your brakes. <laughs> So that's why I've literally trained myself to not say God. Like I say universe because I want to separate how I feel from the Christianic view. Yes. And I feel like that what I'm doing is not necessarily 
in 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 the broad term of things, the the whole message that the Bible is supposed to preach, the 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 good nature of who of, of humans, I feel like that I am more Christian like than some people that are Christians. I don't go around judging people. I don't smite them. I don't sneer at them. I don't, I don't, I'm not mean to them. I don't tell them they're going to hell. I don't do any of those things. I don't, you know, murder people. I don't steal. I don't do bad things to my neighbor. I try to be kind to people. It doesn't always work, but I try. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that if there is a heaven, I might get in before they do, (laughs) you know? I would like to quote one of my favorite people here, uh, Penn Jillette. Okay. Um, the question of morality comes to atheists all the time because according to the Bible, there's no morality without God. You cannot know the right difference between right and wrong without God. That's one of the pillars they stand on. And so someone asked, well, if you don't believe in God, what stops you from raping, murdering, and stealing? What, what moral grounds do you have to not do those things? And Pendulet said, that is a very good question. I have raped, murdered, and stolen from everyone and everything that I have ever wanted to. And that number is zero. And if your number is not zero, then you're a horrible human being, regardless of your religion. You don't, you don't, you do not need a God for morality. No, you don't. You absolutely do not. You you do not need a God for morality, and I and that that is the damn truth. That's how I've I try to explain to people, you know, that don't understand me, or don't care to enough, to just hear three things I've said and then you know automatically judge me and damn me to where whatever hell they're sending me to. But <laughs> I tell people that all the time. My my moral code and my spirituality might be parallel to one another and they cross often, but my spirituality does not determine my moral code. I'm a good person because I want to be. I'm a good person because I put in the fucking effort to be. <laughs> because you can easily, regardless of religion, regardless of spirituality, you can easily be evil. You can easily be mean. You can easily be horrible. It's not that hard to do. And I feel like it takes just as much effort to not be those things as it is to be those things. It is a choice, a choice that we make. And I choose to make choices based on how I feel like other people should be treated. It all comes to, in my mind, it all comes down to ignorance. Yeah. Uh, There's perfect examples in our family of people who get a list of things that they're supposed to know in the Bible and they study those, they memorize them and they don't read the whole thing or they read it with those glasses on those. I am one of God's children glasses on. And so if you, if you honestly in your heart, honestly read the Bible from beginning to end with a critical mind and an open mind, what's written in there should horrify you. Yeah. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. And I, I have, I, I've had a hard time understanding it my whole life, you know, and I, I do own a Bible. I still own a Bible and I probably will continue to own one just so I can pull it out from time to time. (laughs) Just like, no, 
no, no. <laughs> you can't Several. argue. You can't argue my ethics of the Bible when I've got one right in front of me. Right here. Right here. Check yeah. it out. Yep. <laughs> What are you uh, going to say just because it's the NIV? It ain't right. Please. I mean, it, it, that's how I feel like they nitpick it. You know. <laughs> no, if it, it's been presented to me more than once by some people that I really wish didn't think this way of what if you're wrong and you find yourself at the throne of God in heaven and have to answer for everything you've said. You know, when I was young, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the more I have read that book. And the more I have seen what those religions become, it won't be hard for me at all. Like, I will stand at the throne of God and tell him what a piece of shit he is, and I will gladly go to hell where the good people are. And see, and even you saying that, my weird indoctrinated code from my childhood <laughs> just cringed. Cringed, yep. It totally cringed. And this is the problem. This is, I am the walking fucking definition of brainwashed in yeah. a sense. And anybody who is like me, because that shouldn't have made me cringe, but it did. It should have made... seen a look of horror on my mother's face when I said that to her. Oh, you poor mom. Oh, you poor mama. Oh, I just want to call her and tell her I love her now. <laughs> but no, you hit it. You hit it right on the head. It's the indoctrination. They teach you to not think. You are literally told, do not think. Do not interpret. Let those who are educated in the ways of this dogma interpret for you so that you can take that word out and spread it. They don't want you to think because as soon as you start thinking, it's over. As soon as you have, as soon as you form an opinion of your own, they don't have you anymore. They can't have, that. that can't be a thing. You know, I have friends of mine who are considering like going to church. I don't say a bad word about it. You know, I really don't because. You're way nicer than I am. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I, I'm still on that, that, that whole thought process of you do you. But at the same time, these people are not children. They're not easily swayed. They're very level-headed people and they're smart enough to know what the difference is. They're smart enough to know that if it's not for them, then it's not for them. And my okay. own son has even asked me and I, I had to, re, I had to take it back for, cause my instance was, you know, he was like, mom, will you go to church with me? And I'm like, Oh, hell no. Been there, done that. I got a bunch of t-shirts. No. But then, then I thought, you know, cause my son has done this whole, he's, he's done his paganistic thing. He's in his twenties. He is still searching his life path. Yeah. And, and don't I, let any, if you're in your twenties out there, don't let anybody tell you that you should be grown up yet. Right. I don't care what they say. You are not, your brain is still developing. Yes. If you're in your twenties and you're, you're on this, you're on a journey, it's okay to take multiple paths because it, trust me, yes. that's how you find learn. the answers for yourself. Don't let anyone give them to you. But I had to take it back. And I think it was a couple of days after he'd asked me, I said, you know what, son, I, I'll go to church with you, but can I please, please decide the church? <laughs> because if I had I Pentecostal is right out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assembly of God, Pentecostal. No. I'm gonna go to the little Methodist church down the road from my mother's. 
where the preacher is cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're, not, gonna, we're, we're gonna gonna sing our little hymnals and learn our little Bible lesson, and we're gonna go home. <laughs> there will be no fire and brimstone for this trip. No. <laughs> this and and that is another thing that I've I've always disagreed with. Why 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 why? I, and I can't figure it out. There is a it, why is witchcraft associated with Satan worship? I don't uh, understand it. You know what lumping is where they lump everything in on one side or the other. And that's what they do. I mean, you how many midwives have been tried as witches, you know? How many how many uh, how many herbalists have been tried as witches? How many how many people with, you know, knowledge of whatever that just doesn't conform to what the puritans think should be normal? been lumped in with witches how many people have had a bad dream and told somebody and been told they're a witch how you cannot get away from ignorance it will haunt us forever so long as we cling to the things that let it live i i hate that and i've said it before i said it i almost i think i say it every freaking podcast i'm waiting for my door to get kicked in and get lynched <laughs> Listen, there are there are people out there who will harp on how old the stories of the Bible are and how much truth you should glean from them because of how old they are. I promise you, I promise you right now, witchcraft is older than Christianity. It's older than Judaism. It's older than Islam. Yeah, it is. Witchcraft has been around so much longer. So if age is any indication... The witches are right and they're wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like to tell people you didn't burn us all. <laughs> you didn't burn them all. Yeah, didn't. And you burned a lot of the wrong ones. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> you got the wrong ones. You you just have to you, you have to boil everything down to what is human nature. It is human nature to become political. And when you say political nowadays, you think Democrats, Republicans, blah blah blah, all that crap conservatives, liberals, that that is a microcosm of politics. Politics happens in every group of people. Uh -huh. There is a politic in every group of people. And if you get people, let's say, for example, in a small town somewhere in the New England area, <laughs> there's going to be politics, yeah. right? And nothing is better for your narrative than to be like, oh, we found witches and we prosecuted them and we persecuted them. And aren't we doing the great thing? It's politics. It's all, it all boils down to what human nature is politics. We divide ourselves into groups. We stand on the other side of the aisle and we point fingers and we say, you're wrong. And they say, we're wrong. And then we argue about it. And when you get into the small places like that, then they take matters into their own hands and it becomes physical instead of just verbal you know and it's it's just like with paganism wiccan and witchcraft there are groups within those communities that are so headstrong yeah. on things that it it i sometimes i take a step back and i'm like okay i don't identify with them <laughs> you know and I, if somebody like if somebody was like a hardcore wiccan or a hardcore witch that was 
in the mindset of being more organized or more like a religion, they would probably sit here and argue you to the nub, you know? It'd be a bloodbath. Yeah. But I'm the type of person yeah. where I'm very open-minded. I'm very, I, I wouldn't say open to suggestion, but I'm 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 open to ideas and I'm open to free thought. And I'm open to what people have to say. You know, if somebody comes up to me and says, well, you're not doing this right. Okay, well, t- <laughs> tell me how I'm supposed to do it. I will sit and I will listen. I will listen to what... A person has to say. Now, what I do with that information is up to me. That's that's right. my free will, my free thought, my control over myself. I've heard you out. So we haven't talked too much about witchcraft and being a witch, but I want to make sure that my opinion is known so that the people listening don't think that I'm anti-everything, because I'm not. Um, there's a personal level of understanding yourself that goes beyond what you can read in a book. You may find, somebody may find that crystals, again, no pun intended, crystals may resonate with them. Uh, Candles may resonate with them. Or uh, the burning of herbs, sage, whatever, may resonate with them. I don't think that any of that stuff that goes beyond your own personal experience and what helps you focus your energies into your positive stream is bad. It's not. It's really, really not. Um, if if you doing the things that you do helps you stay focused in your positive light, who cares what it is? Who cares if it's not what this book or that book says? It's what you have found helps you focus your energies whatever they may be, whether they may be, you know, something outside my understanding, they're metaphysical or they're paranormal or whether they are scientific and we just haven't identified them, whatever they are, doesn't matter. The point is, is that you find the path that works for you and then you stay true to it or you travel it and figure out new things along the way. Perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I you, agree want, with that. you can boil it down. You can boil it down to so many different religion. Uh, Buddhism, big example, big example of this, right? The 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 story is that Buddha sat before a wall, and when he arose from that wall, he became enlightened. He wasn't reading a book. He wasn't talking to people. He was not interacting with the world at all. He sat in front of a wall and contemplated that wall until he realized, oh, I'm the wall. And that's the person contemplating me. <laughs> nice. That sounds ridiculous. No, not to me. <laughs> but it does. Was Buddha a witch? Absolutely, he was. You a think witch. he was? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. I think that anybody who can find their inner truths and can find a way to codify them in their own way, you may read books. You may. You you can't do anything in a vacuum. You know, when he sat at that wall, he wasn't ignorant of everything else in the world. He was sitting there thinking about all the things that led him to this point, right? And it, it was reading, it was communicating, it was all of these things. And you may, somebody may pick up a candle and light it and get nothing from it. Somebody may go out and spend a bunch of money on crystals and get nothing from it. Those same people might put some stuff into a pot and boil it and think that aroma has cleared my mind. Yeah. All that crystal and candle stuff, that's all garbage. But this, yeah. <laughs> this is it. 
It's personal. Everybody's different. Everybody is unique. We may not all be special. I do not agree with the, every person special because we're not. I'm not special in any way, shape, or form. Not, But you can still find those things that work for you to help you stay in a positive light. My thing is my wife. She keeps me there. I don't need anything else. I don't, I need nothing else. That's it. I just, I, I it, as long as she loves me, I don't give a crap about the rest of the world. <laughs> that is my focus. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I don't need anything. All the other stuff is fun. <laughs> you know, the making the music, the hanging out with you guys, all that stuff is fun. I'm not saying it's not. No, but I get but it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I get it. You know, and to give our listeners a little perspective here, yes, Sam is my nephew, but we were only six years apart. So <laughs> we do not have the normal aunt and nephew relationship. <laughs> we we are we are close in age, and that is something that's beautiful between me and him. And yes, he is the one that is the contributor to um, our podcast theme song. So we um, we do a lot of music adventures together. And, you know, if people were ever wondering, I don't know if they are, <laughs> they probably don't care. <laughs> music is my meditation. That is where I meditate. Yeah, that, it's music. my therapy. And I, it's, it's where I have my most profound thoughts is when I'm making music or just in the car listening to it. You know, I, that's my thing. And that's something that I want you to definitely come back on this show for is the magic of music because there is magic in music. There is a lot of it. And, um, I think that you would be a good, um, a good co-partner on that one to speak with because you're a musician. So, (laughs) well, I do not believe in magic, but I do believe that music resonates. Yeah. And I do believe that it can affect you. It can affect you. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's... But I think it's science, not magic. I know. I know. So, and see, this is the beauty with me and you is you've got a very scientific mind and I'm out here trying to live like a hippie and everything is great. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I'm glad you you came on the show. I am. um, I'm excited to have you back. And the one thing we did not even speak of is this is the week of Halloween. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot all that. Yeah, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, You know, everybody's going to get it probably on my Wednesday show. So (laughs) we didn't didn't talk about Halloween. We didn't talk about D and D. We didn't talk about any of the fun stuff. I know. It's like we just went serious. But that's okay. It needed to happen. Wherever it vibrates, it's going to vibrate. <laughs> that's that's just how I look at it. Oh, and one thing I wanted – I don't know if I said this earlier. I apologize. But you've had two guests on and yourself who are all witches who claim you're not witches. Well, you, you think we are, don't you? Oh, yeah. You absolutely are. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And let me tell you, you'll, you'll probably find out in the next episode – I am almost an expert on this. <laughs> I'm going to have to write that down and be add like, <laughs> like how I want to know how you're like an expert. How, okay. <laughs> because I, I, I'm telling you, I am, I'm, I'm like inches close to crossing that line and, and actually self-proclaiming I am a witch. Self-proclaiming I think is irrelevant. It's probably good for you. Irrelevant. All three of you are witches. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure Amber right now should be listening going, I'm not a witch. <laughs> you're a witch. You're a witch. Well, you're a witch. 
I did get I did get told this last week that uh, well you don't look like a witch. I didn't realize we had to. What did I know? That's the weirdest one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm like, what am I supposed to look I like? Sh- green or I'm not wearing all black and chokers <laughs> and I look like I listen, you know, to <laughs> emo death music. I don't know what I'm supposed to look like. I just know how I am. I don't. I, I didn't understand the. Um, I didn't understand the reference, but oh well. So if you don't look like a witch, it's okay. <laughs> Chances are, if you look like a witch, probably not. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if you're going out of your way to look like a witch, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's posers in everything. Don't let them fool you. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not cool looking on TikTok, but hey, it is what it is. I may not believe in much, but I absolutely believe in witches. <laughs> nice. I may not believe in their magic, but I believe that they're they're on their own journey and they're doing their thing and it's helping them. That's all that matters. That's what makes you a witch. Yeah, okay, I can accept that. I absolutely can. All right, well, I'm glad I had you on here. I do want you to come back. I think that you and I have a lot more to discuss between us that would be beneficial to this show i'm asking all my listeners to like and share follow me rate me on this podcast remember you can reach out to me anytime witchyvibes33 at gmail.com and i hope you guys are having a wonderful friday